Welcome to another edition of Dental or Dental Wealth Nation. I'm your host, Tim McNeely. I'm so excited to have you here. We help you build an amazing life of significance so you can take even care of the people that you love, the causes you care about, and really change the world for the better. And I am so excited for today. I've got Don Polin, who is a, a real estate incentive specialist, and she's going to really help us understand some of the tax credits that you may be missing out on. And by the time we finish today, you're going to know why this tax planning technique it's useful for you no matter the size of your real estate portfolio. You're going to have another tax planning tool in your back pocket. And more importantly, you're going to know how to use it and how it's going to benefit you. And you're going to feel excited and empowered to go back and implement this money-saving strategy. Don, welcome to Dental Wealth Nation. Thank you so much, Tim. Hey, so excited to, to have you here with us today. And, and give us a little bit about your background and, and how you got started doing what you're doing. Well, uh, I started as your traditional tax compliance CPA. I have done sta uh, state and local tax compliance. I started that. I did that for public accounting firms, private companies. Uh, then I got into doing the real estate and incentives. And I have to say, I absolutely love it because rather than just providing what is to many a nuisance or just something that has to be done doing your tax return, I can really, really help benefit companies and people to really plan their money and be able to really take advantage of some of the incentives that Congress gives us that Congress wants us to have. So it's really a much nicer, um, more happy side of the coin to be on as far as tax. Okay, interesting. And, and I think it's important to pause there for a little bit because, you know, you mentioned there, there's all these different tax credits and incentives that are out there. And a mm -hmm. lot of us just aren't even aware that these things are there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's because when, when rules come out, you know, they're 300 pages long and they aren't really written in English. You know, it's almost like they've written them in Old English, but it's really lawyer speak. So most people really are not able to digest that, are not able to see what the incentives are that they can benefit from. So they really have to have somebody who can decipher that and tell them, you know, really what's going to help you. You know, you don't need to read through all these things. But at the end of the day, Congress does really want to incentivize real estate investors to continue by investing in our economy. And that's the goal of many of these programs. So you, you know, you need to just ask somebody who knows about them like myself to help you understand really where you can glean those benefits for your business. Yeah. And, and so before diving into the specific strategy, right, we're, we're going to be talking about real estate today, right? And real estate in your dental practice, what, right? If you own your building. And I think a lot of times, Dawn, when, you know, you and I and our audience thinks about real estate, we typically think about, you know, just depreciation of the, the building over a certain period of time. And so, right, that, that's kind of the, the, the first layer. So, so how are we, how is what we're talking about today different than just depreciating the, the, the building? Well, it's different in that it is still depreciation. So, so cost segregation itself is just a depreciation acceleration technique. So when you depreciate your building over a long life, so a dental practice is going to get 39 year life. So you're essentially talking 40 years before you're going to recoup the spend that it took you, you know, the cost basis that you had to put down to build that building. So by accelerating some of that depreciation, you get to take that deduction now against current income. And everybody knows that money now is worth more than money is gonna be in 40 years. So imagine you were able to take 25% of your costs 
depreciate it now, take that full deduction, save the tax on that, invest that money, just that money in the market or back in other real estate. And in 40 years, that is going to be worth a lot more money than if you waited drips and drabs over 40 years to take all of that deduction. Okay, so, so this is really a technique that allows you to, to bring forward a lot of that future depreciation and get it today. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so, so why does the IRS allow this? Well, what's the thought process behind this? Well, the thought process behind this particular incentive is, is kind of, it kind of amalgamated a little bit over time. So it was born out of the investment tax credit, which is a different incentive that we had back in the 80s to incentivize investment in the economy and in real estate um, investments in general. So after that, the investment tax credit really looked at items and gave them um, a, a different treatment. So what happens now is, and this all came out of case law, I get this question a lot, Cost segregation is not something, it's not a single rule on the books of the, in the tax code. So it will not be able to be overturned by any new administration unless they go and overturn every single case. So the premise is that really and truly you have many assets in your building that are not inside that building for the benefit of it to be a building, being a roof and walls and bathrooms. A dental office understands this completely because they need to put a lot of equipment in their building, electrical, plumbing lines, etc., to house all the dental equipment that they need for their patients. None of that stuff is in there for the building's purpose. It's in there for their business purpose. So really what the cost segregation is able to do is go in, identify the spend and the cost in those specific assets, largely electrical in the walls coming from the streets. I mean, we can measure the lines inside your walls and everything that are servicing your equipment, therefore for your business and not your building. All of that stuff, all of this case law says that that can get a shorter life. It gets the same life as that equipment, which is generally a five or a seven year life. Right now in the tax code, anything with a life under 20 years gets expensed immediately and completely in year one. Wow. So, so as, as a dentist who maybe just bought their, their first building or they're, they're a couple years into, you know, having acquired their practice and the, the real estate, right? There's things in that building that, like you mentioned, right? It, it's the electrical, it's the plumbing, it's a whole bunch of things that have been done for really the dental business, not so much just for the, 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 the building itself. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Interesting. So, right, if we start thinking about, you know, does this make sense for, for us, right? What should a doctor, what should, what should our audience listening today right now, what should they know about cost segmentation studies? Well, one thing they should know is it really does make sense um, for any building. It's definitely a technique that any building that you can that you have in your portfolio or your dental practice can utilize. There are a couple of considerations. Um, and one is when is the best time to do it? So when you're thinking about accelerating your depreciation, if you're thinking about a dental practice that you bought your building 10 years ago, we can still take a look at that. But you've now gone, you're 25% through your 40, 40 year life, 39 year life. So your impact is gonna be a little smaller. Generally, if you're much further past that, let's say your building's already 15, 20 years old, you, you're, you've, you're pendulum swinging, you've already missed kind of a lot of that swing and that ability to invest that cash savings in the beginning of the life 
um, anything less than 10 years, you know, you probably want to go ahead and look at the impact and what your ROI would be. But so it's not necessarily for everybody. The other thing that you need to consider is if your business is operating at a loss, and let's say you just you just built your building, you're just expanding, and, and you don't expect any income this year. You can go ahead and segregate your building. You can carry that NOL forward, and you can utilize it next year or the next year. Right now, you can even carry it back if you had income last year, and now you're expanding. You have a couple of different planning techniques. But if you want to wait to do your study next year to see what your income position is, you can do that. You don't have to do it in the year the building was placed in service. So sometimes it's just the timing and when it makes the most sense with your tax planning needs is the best thing to do. Okay. So so it sounds like this is something where you really kind of want to involve your team with then too, right? Mm -hmm. Your primary tax planner and working with an expert like you on the cost segmentation side to right. really figure out when and where does this make the most timing sense because you've got income considerations. You've got the consideration of the just overall depreciation when things have been placed in service. So it sounds like team coordination is really important when it comes to this. Yep, it sure is. Okay. What are some other considerations that we should have if we're thinking about doing this? Um, well, I mean, it is a fairly simple technique, so there's not a whole whole lot of considerations to think about. Um, you, there are many, there's several questions that I do get, you know, like, well, what if I bought my building via a 1031 exchange? Can I still take advantage of this? And the answer is yes. However, when you do a 1031 exchange, you know, you're taking the basis of your old building and putting it into your new. So we now would segregate that old basis and basically against your new asset. So we would look at what your new building has and here's the components and the breakout of that, but we're gonna squeeze it to a smaller number. So as long as your carryover basis, you know, makes sense and you have, because you, Generally with a 1031 exchange, and there is a choice here, but generally what I see is you start your 40 year timer over. So it's still a viable planning technique. Okay, excellent. Good. So, so right, we, we've covered a couple of the, the you know, the, the benefits of doing this, right? You're able to kind of bring that future depreciation forward to today and accelerate it. We're able to, you know, save a little bit of money on our, our taxes. What are some other big benefits that we get from doing this? Well, some of the other benefits that you get is when you do repair and maintenance on your building going forward, you now have a breakout in your cost segregation study of all of the components of your building with the cost associated with it. So let's say you replace your roof in the future. You had to spend $600,000, let's say, for a new roof. And now, technically speaking, you have a roof embedded in your building that you from 10 years ago and you have a new roof. So you are allowed to dispose of that old roof, but you don't know necessarily if you didn't have a cost segregation study done, you would know out of your building basis, the little piece that went to your roof. So how much should I dispose of? The cost segregation study tells you that. You'll be able to look right in the study and say, okay, this was the amount allocated to that roof, $350,000. And now that I've replaced it, I can go ahead and write that off. Hmm. And you just do a contra asset on your depreciation schedule. That is that is pretty simple. That's something that the IRS uh, said we could do starting about five years ago. So and the other thing is with your repair and maintenance, there are also rules that put, were put in place about five years ago that tell us when we have to capitalize an improvement and when we have to expense a reproof an improvement. And having all of your systems broken out and all of your costs broken out 
on your on your cost saving report will show you how you know help your CPA essentially know where that line is. This is a repair that's minimal based on what you have. So the best example I have for that is at HVAC systems. So if you have eight HVAC systems around your office and you replace one, then generally you can write off that one. But if you replace six, then the IRS wants you to capitalize and, and go ahead and get rid of the old. So it gives you all the tools in hand to be able to expense more items in your building as you go forward or partially dispose. And one of the reasons why you really wanna do that other than just the immediate cash write-off, which is the best. But the other reason why you want to do that is if you start accumulating on your depreciation schedule year after year, lots of different items in your building that are gone, when you sell that building way down the road, you could be subject to recapture tax on all of those items, even though they don't exist anymore. Mm. You don't want that to happen. Wow. So, so this is really a, a powerful strategy because it, it enables you to get really granular on your yeah. real estate and, and in terms of what's what and have different accounts for each thing. So they, they are actually properly accounted for. And I think what you just talked about with, you know, the accidentally recapturing, you know, a lot of items when you sell something that could be disastrous for most people. But that cost segregation can help you avoid that. It happens so often. I have seen it so often. And, and Tim, I mean, you touched on something else. I mean, really and truly, there are a lot of professionals out there that feel like you're required to have a cost segregation study on your building because you are properly putting all of your assets in the right bucket and properly applying all the treatments to your asset. Now, that being said, is the IRS going to come after you because you chose to take a longer depreciation run? No. That's the only reason why you don't see the other side of that coin. Okay. Very, very interesting. So, you know, um, you know, talk about, you know, a little bit of the, the offset of income, right? Cause we're talking about, you know, you run one of these studies, you can accelerate that depreciation. Where do we start seeing these savings come back to us when we do this? Well, you didn't see it on your tax return. So in a nutshell, all taxes in the U S are either paid by a C corporation or a 1040 all flow through entities, which generally a dental practice is going to be a flow through entity are going to hit the owner's 1040. So you've got your dental practice. This is going to be an expense in your dental practice. So it's going to be an increased depreciation expense. It can take your dental practice income on your tax return all the way down to zero so that you don't have to pay any income tax. If you have that much deduction coming from your building, uh, this does happen a lot, though, in year one. You don't have to pay any, any income tax on that, on your piece. Now, once you file your 1040, if you have a spouse that has a W-2 wage or something like that, it's not going to be able, any excess is not going to be able to offset your spouse's income on your 1040. But that excess would be a net operating loss in your dental practice, and it's going to carry forward and can offset income in the future from your dental practice. Okay, very, very exciting. Now, you know, I, I know we're kind of talking theoretical here, but I, I'd love to actually kind of get in the weeds and yeah. actually go through a, 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 an example with you. And I know you were sharing the story mm -hmm. about a, a beautiful dental building right mm -hmm. here that you've been able to, to work with. Tell us a little bit yeah. about this building, about, you know, uh, the, the value of it and some of the things that doing a cost segregation study were able to help the owner with. Okay, for sure. Thanks, Tim. I um I picked this particular one. We did about five or ten dental practices uh, just last year, 
And this was my favorite because it's green. Green is my favorite color. So that's just a side note. Uh, this particular building is about 4,000 square feet. And the basis is a million dollars. Now, I should say, and I didn't say this before, you have to separate the basis in the building from the basis in the land. So usually with new construction, you buy your land and then you build. It's very obvious. But if you purchase an existing uh, dental office, you might have to go ahead and separate those two. Land is not ever depreciated. So the basis in this building itself was a million dollars. Once we did the study, we were able to accelerate 32% of the purchase of the build price, that million dollars. So essentially, after you know that when the return was filed, the increase in depreciation from the study in year one was $325,000, which resulted at a federal and state tax rate for savings to the owner of $130,000 in tax in that first year. Wow, right, uh, saving $130,000 in taxes simply mm -hmm. by doing one of the these studies, right? That, that's powerful, that creates impact. And mm -hmm. you know, here on Dental Wealth Nation, we're about helping you build that amazing life of significance. And to do that, money helps. It's not everything, but it certainly helps if you've got more cash flow, if you've got more funds in your pocket. And, and this mm -hmm. is something that can absolutely help you do that. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's so powerful, Don. And then what do some of those ongoing savings look like too then? Well, the ongoing savings um, with just the repair and the maintenance, you know, is would be in the future. So you have to, you know, just kind of keep this in your back pocket and think about that when you do repairs. And, you know, for example, let's say you had half of your dental practice, you're going to run out to another dentist. And in five years, they leave that space and then you have to, have a new tenant come in and then you get that space and you build out for them. All of these things will be able to be largely expensed because now you have the detail in your study for, you know, what was that space, what I take out, what I put in. Okay, excellent. So now we've covered some of the, the real benefits to this, right? And, and, and work through those tax savings and, and kind of really, you know, creating the proper classes for everything on your building. What's some of the downside or what are some of the dangers? What do we need to be aware of when we're looking and considering doing one of these? Well, one of the biggest things that you need to be aware of, if you do plan on selling your asset within one, two, or three years from the time that you purchased or built it, you will not want to do a study because you will need to recapture all those taxes. If you're not familiar with how the recapture tax works, any depreciation that you bring into what's called a personal property bucket, which a lot of the stuff that's going to be allocated to your machinery will be in that bucket, is going to be recaptured at ordinary income rates. Now, the life given to that is five years. So once you get past that five-year point, we essentially say those assets have no value on sale anymore, so they don't need to be recaptured. But if you're within that three or five-year window, they really do still have value, and you are just going to give back all of the savings that you got from that cost of study. So that's the biggest consideration that you need to think about is really what is your hold going to be on your property? A lot of dental practices, they're building it to stay in it, to, to have hold it long term. So they don't really have to think about that. The other question that I do get a lot is, is this going to increase my chances of audit? And the answer is absolutely no. It is one of the things that the IRS doesn't 
really, um, they, they do sanction it and there is an audit technique guide. So they don't go after it because they know that most, most people out there are really doing it properly following the audit technique guide, which includes um, having a visit to the site. So we would take, take a pictures, just like the picture I showed you. We are measuring, we're counting, we're looking at everything. It has to be properly documented. At the end of the day, you get a 60-page report. Clients of ours that have gotten audited, and an auditor does ask about the cost segregation study, 100% of the time, and this is only less than 1% of our clients anyway, you hand them the report, the auditor sees that it met all the requirements in the audit technique guide that the IRS gives to us, and there's no more questions asked. Okay. It is very, very rare. And we do um, help you with that. We help you answer any questions and give those reports. You know, we have that happen a lot too. You know, I can't find my report. We, we're always here for that. So there really is not a downside at all from worrying that the you're going to IRS is going to pick you up for audit. Okay, gotcha. So now, now when you're doing these, do you ever go back and do amended tax returns to, to, to pick up for a couple years you may have missed? No, you cannot do an amended okay. tax return. So what happens is you can do it in the future. You've placed your building in service, let's say in 2019, 2018, you're filing your 2020 return. What you need to do is you add a form to your current tax return and it's called the 3115 and it's a change in accounting method. So you're essentially saying, I'm changing my method of depreciating this, all those real property over a long life. My new method is gonna be I realized some of this is actually personal property and has a shorter life. So I'm changing my method of depreciation. That is a very common thing. And it's something that if you need, we supply that and sign that form with your study and you can hand that to your CPA and they just file it with your tax return. Excellent. Well, very, very exciting. So, you know, for, for our listeners today, right, if they want to get started, if they want to start, you know, considering this, looking at this, what's the best first step for them to do? Well, the best first step I say is just to give me a call. I am happy to look at your assets and talk them through with you. If you think, well, based on what you said, I'm not really sure if I have a good candidate or not. I'm, I'm totally happy to take a look and, and tell you yes or no, and whether I think it's a good, a good, it, it's really kind of all about planning. It's all about looking at, you really need to start by looking at your depreciation schedule. That's going to tell you what you need to know. So if you're, if you're thinking, I really don't know what my account's done. Your depreciation schedule is generally attached to your return. Not always, you may have to ask for it, but it will show if your building is one line item, has the place and service date, and then it'll say 39 year at the back. You will know that you have not had a cost segregation study done and that that's something that you could look at. Okay. So really kind of contacting you and in, in having that depreciation schedule in hand will tell mm -hmm. you everything you need to know in terms of exactly. if this makes sense yep. to, to start pursuing and looking at then. Yep, exactly. Okay. Is this expensive to do? It is. Um, it is not. Um, it's not greatly expensive, but there is a cost to it because it does take about 40 to 50 hours per study just by breaking it down, visiting, etc. Um, so the general price is probably around $7,000, $8,000 is, is kind of the normal price of the study. Okay. Now, what we do to kind of show you that benefit is, you know, you've got your accelerated depreciation, your tax savings, and then we show you what the return on investment is over the cost of the study. 
And then that's very helpful in you just determining whether it makes sense for you financially. Gotcha. So, so you're certainly not going into this blind. You're, you're going to have some idea and actually probably a pretty good idea of how well this is going to work or not work so that you can actually make an informed decision then. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we provide an estimate actually up front. I should say that, that no charge for that. You can take that estimate and it'll be a range. We feel like based on your building, looking at it on Google Earth, this is where we think we're going to fall. And by looking at your building on Google Earth, one of the other things is the site. You notice in that picture that they, we, you saw quite a bit of parking lot. If you happen to have a downtown location that goes from sidewalk to sidewalk, your results will be smaller because you don't have as much site. The parking and you know the landscaping, that all gets a 15-year life. So with underground piping and things like that. So that is why you really do want the estimate initially. And then we'll give you that no charge. You can hold on to it um, and do it in a couple of years, whatever makes sense after talking to your CPA for your specific tax and income situation. It's um, it's pretty versatile as far as, you know, the front end and, and just getting us to help you, because I will say this is this is something new to many people. And until you've done it, you know, you, you just don't know. And, and I'm happy to help people with that because you should never walk into anything blindly. You should get as much information as you can to make the most uh, informed decision that you can possibly make. Okay, excellent. No, very, very helpful. And I would encourage you, right, if you're thinking about this, right, contact Dawn. You get get in touch with her. Let her do the analysis for you, right? It, the worst that you can hear is, hey, it's not going to work for you. And the best you may hear is, hey, you can get a lot of money back and you can actually accelerate that depreciation for you. So, Dawn, how can we get in touch with you? How can we find you? Well, I, am, I can give you my um, email address, but I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, my email is uh, Dawn, D-A-W-N, at C-R-E, taxplanning.com. And then just Dawn Cole and CPA will pull me up on LinkedIn. Uh, those are probably the two easiest way to contact me. Okay, excellent. And I'll put your contact info below for anyone who has questions. So any closing thoughts for us before we sign off here, Dawn? No, I think we've covered quite a bit, although I am sure that there are questions, you know, that I didn't think about. So feel free, you know, if anybody watching the show wants to reach out with just some questions, I'm, I'm always happy to answer any questions uh, about cost segregation or any other real estate incentives as well that you might be thinking about. Well, hey, thank you for being such a great guest. I, I know I certainly have a, a better understanding of this tax planning technique and the role it can play in, and especially, you know, pulling that team together so that we can get these studies done. And, and right, we certainly have another tool in our back pocket and we know how it's going to benefit us. And, and I do, I, I feel excited and empowered to, to help my clients and, and others implement this, this money saving strategy. So thank you for being such a great guest. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, hey, this has been another edition of Dental Wealth Nation, where we help you build that amazing life of significance so that you can take care of the people you love, support the causes you care about, keep changing the world for the better. Now, it's not enough to just listen to these, and I don't just do these to provide entertainment for you. I, I do these so that you can take actionable ideas away, so that you can move the needle on your more most important goal. So it's not enough to listen. You got to get out there and do these things. And if you do that, you're going to make it a great day. I'm your host, Tim McNeely, and we'll see you again soon on another edition of Dental Wealth Nation.